Hey, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Southside Trap Podcast, the podcast that helps you stay outside with the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl, Sandra, here today to recap another Chicago Red Stars victory. Chicago makes it three in a row, baby. That's called a win streak. They defeat OL Reign 3-1 at SeatGeek Stadium. Real nice way to close out the homestead. There's a lot to get into in this match, folks. We saw some interesting tactical things take place. We got to see some goals. Red Stars went ahead and set themselves a league record. And uh, there's a lot to get into. Couldn't do it alone. No one can ever do anything alone. So I'm here today with my friend, homie, and colleague, Claire Watkins, a.k.a. the Scam Originator. Claire, how you doing today? I'm good. I'm excited to talk about this game. This was, I had fun. I had fun on Sunday. I thought that, like, the weather was really nice. And the game got really exciting in the second half. And, you know, we got to do in-person post-game, which was really nice. And it was just like a lot of a lot of good vibes, I think. I love a victory Monday. Yeah. Feels nice. Winner, winner. Good, good vibes. Uh, I think we just need to, like, hop into these 11s immediately. Yeah. Uh, just sort of get the first impressions of everything. Again, we're we're in the thick of it, folks. We are absolutely in the thick of it. If you haven't heard, if you have been living under a rock, the Olympics are here, basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. U.S. Women's National Team going to kick off this week on Wednesday. Um, so taking a look at the starting 11s, they're going to look a certain kind of way. And this is how they looked for OL Reign. They had Sarah Buadi in net. They had uh, Cida Jimenez Delgado, Alana Cook, Samantha Hyatt, Lauren Barnes to run out their back line. They had Jennifer Marlson, Jess Fishlock, uh, Eugenie Le Sommer, Sophia Huerta, Ziar King, and Bethany Balser to round out their 11. Claire, impressions of the starting 11, I think we see those names and we're like, that's that's dope. I think yeah. you and I both were like really excited to take a look at some of these international players for them. Uh, what stood out for you? Yeah, I was. I was legitimately just in sort of a life experience sort of way, was excited to see Marajan and Buadi and Lesa Mare play in person for the first time. I mean, that is one of the things you want in your soccer league is you want to have those kinds of players that people go to go see simply because they are worth the the price of admission. Um, and then I think the the follow-up question for the rain has been for the last couple of games is, was Ben Steedy holding them back or in a way that they can turn this around immediately? Or is there more going on there than just a manager who wasn't figuring things out? And so I think this was a similar thing, similar conversation that we had with like the North Carolina game, um, which is just, you know, Chicago, their identity at this moment is a team that can kind of fuck your shit up. But then it just matters on like how the other team responds. And that's what we weren't sure about, about OL Reign, I think. I know that like in our small preview of this team, of this matchup, I was pointing out somebody like a Sarah Boo idea. I was like, I want to see it. <laughs> like I would like to see her in net. Um, these are big, big name players that OL Rain brought over to try to really make an impact on their, on their squad. And a player like Buadi in net has a, she's a very capable goalkeeper, but she's definitely, a, a goalkeeper with some highlights uh, capable of a few hollers. And I was like, you know what? I would like to see it. I would like to see uh, this player uh, go up against the red stars and see Mal Pugh, maybe try to get, get one past her. 
Um, so I was excited when that red card was rescinded for Buadi and then we were able to see um, these players line up. Uh, but for Chicago, they lined up as followed. Uh, we were a little curious to how the midfield uh, was going to look going up against somebody like Amarozan. So uh, this, this was the 11 for Chicago. They had Cassie Miller and Matt. They had Aaron Wright, Kayla Sharples, Sarah Gordon, and Tatum Malazzo to run out the back line. They had Rachel Hill, Morgan Gutra, Sarah Waldmo, Vanessa DiBernardo, Mal Pugh, and Kalia Watt to round out their starting 11. Waldmo and Gutra, that one stood out for me, for sure. I think when I first saw this starting 11. What about you? Yeah, we got some really good insight after this match a little bit about one of the things that Chicago has changed. Um, You know, we can talk about the defense, sort of the organization of the defense sort of getting a little bit more cohesive, but a shift that occurred and like props to Rory and the coaching staff is upon conceding a lot of goals because they have conceded a lot of goals. Um, they changed their formation to be a little bit more defensively minded, which is why Woldmo has been starting because their philosophy of this is that you put Sarah Woldmo and Morgan Gatra in as dual sixes because Woldmo excels with a partner. And so basically they have the back four, but they also have the two sixes sitting in front of them. And they feel like that is a very strong defensive core with which to build. And so that's why at the beginning of this game, you look at the rain lineup that is very attacking. It is attacking as hell. And I think actually part of the reason why the rain have struggled is because they're set up to score four goals and concede two, but they're just not scoring the four goals. So I understand why Chicago set up to be very defensively stacked to start and sort of uh, withstand the onslaught of the rain. And then we'll get to the second half, but yeah, it was a very defense. It is. They're, they're a defensive team. Like we're at this point where Chicago is set up. They are. They are who they are. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I, I love that. I think we're going to use that moving forward in these yeah, episodes. Great. That other team was attacking as hell. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I love that so much. Uh, but I mean, I, I felt the same vibe when I looked at that starting 11. I was just yeah. like, man, I was like, you're going to tell me that we're living in a time where like, oh, Rain has a midfield that com- is composed of like Jess Fishlock, Maros and, and Sofia Huerta. Like that's that's bananas to me. But it was it was it was wild. Uh to take a look at and yeah, a hundred percent, absolutely props to, to dames and the coaching staff and the lineup for sort of kind of coming out that way. Uh, because right off the, like right off the back in this first half, like we saw immediately, like all rain kind of get into that kind of high line, sort of get into that press, trying to get on that, like that early front foot in this match, kind of like establish that early tempo and like kind of get after, you know, and, and break through on that first goal. And we saw Bethany Belser, you know, kind of like being, you know, really aggressive and like trying to really chase after defenders and stuff like that. Got a foul like really early on, I think, like in the opening five minutes. And then uh, really just like a few minutes after that, she ended up breaking through on goal. This opening goal occurs in the 12th minute of this game. All rank gets on the board early so it kind of gives a little bit of a feeling like uh oh like Chicago's gonna have some some work ahead of them because that's an early goal to concede and then that's a lot of game in front of you to try to uh you know come from behind on there and uh it was it was a great opening goal I mean 
Marlon and Cecilia had some great interlinking play going on throughout this entire match. And it like shown really, really early on with, with uh, Marlon feeding out to Cecilia and then Cecilia just whipping in that cross and also just one times it into the net. It was a really, really nice goal. Yeah. Bethany Balser is somehow even, I think, I believe still an underrated player. Um, and that comes out when you do see her in person, because she is, she's the kind of NWSL striker that every team needs because she has quality on the ball, but she is also fearless in a way that does not give the center backs that she's running at any time to think. And right. You said that foul early on, there was that one foul where she, she had, I mean, it was a foul. She was tugging on Kayla Sharples, arm, but if that doesn't get called, she was free and on goal. And that's the kind of motion that you need to sort of set these center backs on watch a little bit. And that begins to open things up. And so I wasn't shocked that she was the one who scored. I still, I mean, I still think that she is the centerpiece of what they're trying to do right now and should be, despite the fact that there are some bigger names out there. And yes, the rain attacked the wings heavy in the first half. They themselves were, uh, utilizing a very aggressive counter press. And so they were trying to strip the ball off of Chicago and advance things to the wings. And they did that in a nice way. And they were really siphoning through that, their right wing, because I think it's not, you know, a shock to anybody that Lou Barnes is probably not your most attacking OB, but, uh, Tatum Malazzo had, had her hands full for sure. And for the most part did a nice job, but yeah, that one was just a very nice clean ball in, uh, from Jimenez Delgado and a really nice one touch from, from Balser. And I, I don't think anybody pushed the panic button after that happened, but no, nah. it was were just a, like, this makes sense that this is kind of how this is going. It was just really interesting to sort of see the rain go up that early yeah. and then have the rest of the half sort of play out they laid off. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It, it was, yeah, it was weird to sort of see all that energy. And then they kind of were like, okay, let's settle into this right. a little bit. It was a weird energy, man, especially considering a lot of the space that they were also leaving exposed themselves in like kind of playing that high line, which just unfortunately Chicago just was not able to <laughs> expose at all. There was a moment in this match in the first half where the rain were attacking the goal that we are closest to. So the press box is not perfectly centrally at the halfway line. It's a little bit off towards the uh, South end, the South goal. And I pointed, I put my hand out and I made a line <laughs> talking about where Alana cook yes. stands oh for God. this team. And it's not at the halfway line. It's about, if you look at those grass lines at SeatGeek, it's about two full grass lines past the halfway line. And I'm just like, this is a wild thing for a center back to be doing. Even I know that Owl rain was heavy in possession. I know they had the ball. I know that the idea is that they just don't let the other team get the counterattacks. And there were parts of the game where they were successful in that, but it was truly wild to see a center back in the NWSL, the counterattacking league that far up. Absolutely. One of my favorite press box moments of the game. <laughs> Uh, of which, of which there were many, because that's what we do. Like we're, we're media. We sit in the press. Like we're taking in the game. We're analyzing it. We're writing out the content for you folks. Um, but we're also like chatting with each other about the things that we're seeing in the game. And it's, it's just, uh, 
it was absolutely a moment that was just real, real indicative of maybe like what is going on in a player's head when they're coming over from France and jumping into NWSL. And we were just like, look at that from Milana Cook. It was, it was certainly uh, something uh, to say the least, but uh, kudos to the Red Stars for kind of getting out of this half only down one goal, which quite frankly, at the time, it felt like the longest first half in the world. We were like, why is this first half taking forever? Um, and it was only the one goal uh, that was conceded. So some questions there. It was kind of like, how is Chicago going to come out and tackle this second half? The game is still there to be had, essentially. Like a one goal lead in the NWSL. I'm sorry. I mean, shit, if you're the other team yeah. going into halftime, you're like, anything can happen. Uh, and right away, the Red Stars came out and they made an adjustment. They made a shift. They brought on. Danny Colaprico for Sarah Waldmo to tackle this second half. And quite frankly, the impact was immediate, absolutely immediate. Yeah. And again, it kind of speaks to the fact that Chicago has had some time to really evaluate their roster, which means that no, unfortunately they probably don't have a great attacking sub to make. They don't have a striker that can come on and immediately change the game, but you know what they do have is a wealth of defensive midfielders. And so what <laughs> they've done is they've fine tuned this. So, right. They have Sarah Waldmo and Morgan Gatra sitting back in this sort of dual six, very defensive formation. After a half of this, where to be completely honest, it was a very boring first half after that goal. It was just box to box, Rain very slow in possession, Chicago letting them do that. And then in the at halftime, what bringing Danny Colaprico in does is Roy talked about this is that she's very comfortable as your sole number six. She's a solo six, which is we, we talk about this actually when they have Ertz in the midfield, right? That it never like quite works. Colaprico works best when she is being tasked with covering a lot of space herself, which allows Gatra to push forward into this more attacking number eight role. And so Chicago was basically like, okay, Danny, you are the person who is now patrolling this space. And Jess Fishlock said at the end of the match that even the rain recognized that, but just weren't able to get anything past her. Uh, And that allows Chicago's to get numbers forward. And what we've seen and what we will talk about in the fact that these own goals happen is that Chicago's attacking strategy right now is just to like, rush you, I guess yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with numbers and it's been working. And, and so it's like, they just figure like you get enough feet up there and, uh, something, something good's going to happen. I like that. Let's, uh, it's a bum rush attack. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. What are, what are we, what are we like? It's like, it's we, like they're trying to get into Lollapalooza or something. Yeah. We're like 10 <laughs> appropriate <laughs> for the summer match. Honestly, uh, it's, we're 11 games in, right? For the rest stars in the season. It's just like, what, what is this attack that we're looking at? What are we right. calling? What is it going to be labeled? It's going to be the bum rush, y'all. Yep. Um, yeah, Lollapalooza vibes for sure. I just, it it was, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I was expecting an equalizer to happen this early in the first half. But I got to say, like, watching Danny Colaprico come on and like, we saw a lot of it. Like we're looking at this type of stuff and we're in the press box. We saw a lot of the body language. We love a good pointer. We love a good yeller. We're looking at a lot of that in this press box. And we, we saw this happening. Like Danny Colaprico came into this match, like ready to fucking turn the tide. Danny Colaprico came out onto the pitch and was told she had to go back on the sideline to officially sub in because she was on the pitch 
already like pointing and being like, all right, so this is what we're going to do. Um, and then the official was like, can you go over there please, so we can officially like check you into this yeah. game? It was delightful. Uh, and then here we are three minutes later, we have the, <laughs> the return of the own goal happening for Chicago. Chicago is on this three game win streak and their two prior wins. Again, if you're still catching up, have come on the creation of forced own goals. Yep, and yep. so here we are once again in a game against Ole Reign and OL uh, own goal makes a debut in OL Reign. And it's like unreal. I think that was another one of my favorite reactions uh, coming out of our press because ev everybody was like, no way. Right. So at this point, we in the press box, you're, you're maintaining your professional composure. And I would also say to a certain extent, we do not get, if a goal is really good, we'll say, wow, that was a great goal or whatever, but there's not, there's really not like a bias, like, wow, when Chicago scores or anything like that, but we were all really excited that it was an own goal. We were like, no, Cassandra and I weren't at the game last week, so we didn't get to see we own didn't get to see Ongol in all its glory. So we were yes. so stoked that Ongol showed out for us personally. We were like, wow. It's like Ongol knew that we needed to be blessed. Yeah, and yeah. we were. And it's Celia uh, for OL Rain, who was responsible for that incredibly dope cross in that opening goal for, for Bosser was, <laughs> was in the right place at the right time, I guess, to sort of cause this very awkward deflection uh, that caused the the goal to or the the ball, excuse me, to sort of make this sort of weird trajectory and just sort of looped in into the into the back of the net uh, past Buadi. And you just man, looking um, at that moment, you saw Buadi just be like, "No way!" And it was yeah. ridiculous. We saw like she was she took a moment to take a look at the replay herself on the jumbotron because she was just like, "How did that like just happen?" It was such a great great moment and. Shout out to the Red Stars because to make an own goal happen is is quite impressive. Yeah. But they've been yeah. doing it for three games in a row. And not only have they been doing it three games in a row, but this is their second consecutive game where they forced two own goals. Because just minutes later, we're talking about in the 55th minute from the 48th minute, another own goal gets scored again for Chicago. And this particular own goal is full of aura and mystery because this particular own goal has not yet as of this recording on the following Monday has not yet been credited yeah. to anybody. If you go and look at the stats, it simply says 55th minute Chicago red stars blank own goal. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of unknowns here on this one, but it came off of, uh, it came off of a, a, a corner kick service. Yeah. Uh, and we really got to start talking about, Malpu and maybe her role in a lot of these own goals that have been coming into fruition for Chicago. So Malpu takes his corner kick and all of a sudden there's another own goal. That corner kick was spectacularly taken. Yeah. Like that one for a second, I thought she'd scored an Olympico. I, I was like, did that just go in untouched? And then we were like, did Tatum Malazzo touch it? And the team thinks maybe she did. She feels like she did. Um, and or I was like, did it come off somebody? Like there were a lot of options as to what had happened, but suddenly the ball was in the back of the net. And yeah, I mean, I think we have to, this is a good place to start talking about Mallory Pugh because 
again, I mean, we could talk about this forever, but just it's it was so nice to get to ask them questions in a room and get a feeling yeah. for how they were feeling after this game. And we got something from Pew that I'm not sure we would have been able to see or recognize on a Zoom call, which is that as much as she's happy that the ball is going in the back of the net, as a striker with striker brain, which is what you want, she wanted those to be hers. Yep. She felt the responsibility and the deep desire to just get one in the back of the net with her name on it. And that, and it's funny that we saw three goals in this game and they got progressively closer to that. So the first yeah. one was like, it was a cross. It was not a shot. It was a cross that was deflected into the back of the net. So great cross, very dangerous place. That was a clear deflected own goal. Second one was almost an Olympico, possibly tapped in by a teammate, possibly tapped in by the opponent, much more influenced by Pew at that point and the, the credit to her service there. And then she does finally get one of her own. And she said that she was just, she was like, I'm going to get it in the, going to go in me. I'm putting it in the goal. Um, yes. And so that's great. That's it. It goes to show where her head is at right now. And it also goes to show, and we've said this before, like soccer is a team sport and she can't do all of it on her own, but these own goals are like a good example of how maybe you can. Yeah. <laughs> Quite frankly, yeah, it was great, honestly, like getting the opportunity to finally sit in and chat with players uh, sort of in this latter part of the pandemic uh, after we were, quite frankly, so used to covering this team in, in a certain kind of way. Um, it was great to sort of see that energy and receive that energy. Quite frankly, it was like, yes, like these are the players that we're used to, to covering, you know, coming off of a win being amped high off that adrenaline, you know, and, uh, it, it's true. We sort of saw the progression of a striker like Mel, Mel Pugh sort of only gets stronger in this game right. as, it, as it went on. And again, just delightful to see, uh, and gonna give a little bit of, uh, kudos and love to, to Kalia Watt because she ended up record, uh, getting the assist on that third goal, uh, with Mallory Pugh. So, it was really cool to sort of see how these goals all sort of happen. And this third one came off of a throw in as well. It was, yeah. it was just dope to see that Chicago can score a goal. Don't have to rely on creating or forcing an own goal and doing it kind of in dangerous spaces, like finally taking advantage of that and like getting that goal off of a throw in. And that's another shout out to Tatum Malazzo too. She was the one who took that throw. So that's also been sort of an interesting subplot. And Rory Dames did say after the match that Bianca St. George was deal. She picked up a knock in that OL last OL rain game where she um, got that red card. So it's not, it's, this is not a form, not necessarily a form choice. He says, he says that he trusts Malazzo very much, but this is not like a, she is the, quote unquote playing better in training than St. George. But um, in the games where she has been asked to play a lot of minutes at, at the NWSL level, she has kind of done what you expect. She's like, it's like watching uh, Kayla Sharples last year. You know, it's, it's, there's a certain understanding of what your role is walking into this after if you are kind of that idea of like an eclipse product. And I think she's done a nice job and it goes to show that she has been involved not only in the defense 
staying organized, but in an attacking role as well. Because what Chicago gives up by slotting, Chicago gives up a lot in the attack, slotting Sarah Gordon back into center back. It makes sense why they do this. She and Sharples are clearly the the starters with the Olympians away. But um, yeah, I just think that Malazzo was was given a big job and 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 did a nice did a nice job with it. So yeah, a real um for Chicago an absolute like tale of two halves for sure. They just uh they did enough, you know, in in the first half to sort of uh start, you know, getting involved in play, but then the second half they just really turned it on. And also kudos to Chicago, but that was a big flop by OL Reign. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they, they just playing, had a bad second half in a way where it was like, well, well, you mentioned the Pew goal that happened in the 64th minute. There were 25 minutes left in that game yep. and the rain got their best. And this is actually, this is, this is an indictment of that team is that their best chances came with like three or four minutes left in that, in the match. And they were down two goals. So they really turned it on in the last five minutes of a game where they were down by two. And that is not where you want to be if you want to compete in this league. No, absolutely. There was a moment too, where my gosh, man, again, this is our job. we got to watch this kind of stuff. So like there was literally a moment where we were amped to watch these players for all rain. Right. And there was literally a moment where Marazan got so frustrated on a play where she stopped. She just stopped. Yep. She stopped playing. And I was like, all right, well, Danny Colaprico is going to make you that mad. Stay mad. Like, quite frankly, uh, because the Red Stars, they did. You know, it was, yeah, it was absolutely a combination of, you know, all rain kind of maybe taking their, their foot off very, very early in this game. But got to give credit to the Red Stars to just For sort sure. of recognizing that and, and taking it to them. Um, because... I think during that first half too, when we're talking about Tatum Malazzo, I mean, we saw, you know, it was a, a little bit of a, a struggle there uh, for her to kind of get going in that first half. But then in that second half, just really kind of bringing it on. And it's good to sort of see the players being tasked uh, with those kind of things and being challenged with those kind of things. And then coming into a second half like that and kind of, uh, you know, sticking to the game plan and sort of showing that they can make those, those adjustments, you know, both mentally and literally, you know, uh, on the pitch. Right. I think, you know, when you look at the stats, Chicago didn't play great in this game. They had sub 70% passing accuracy. They had very little of the ball, sub 40% possession. Um, they had two shots on goal. But if we want to talk about gains that they've made, mentally, it is night and day from what we saw at the beginning of the regular season. They have become so much mentally stronger that's a terrible sentence. So much mentally stronger. That's not good talking. Their um, brains are good. Their brains are doing so good. Um, <laughs> and that has been, if there's anything to really be happy for them about, I do think it's that. I think it's that they had to do a lot of soul searching at the beginning of this season and perhaps a little bit more of this recommitment to the rotation. We're seeing that rotation in midfield. We're seeing that rotation at outside back. We're seeing it up top and being like, we are going to operate within our limitations, but we're not going to give up. And we still have the ability to, like I said, you know, just kind of, I mean, Kayla Sharples to blow them up. And that's what they've been doing. And I think that that is a cool thing to see, and you don't see it in every league in the world. 
this is a very NWSL kind of a mentality and it's, it's unique. And I, and I want people to appreciate it as rough as the games can be. Sometimes this is a special thing to pull off because none of this is easy. And the commitment that we're seeing this team to each other, to getting stuck in and doing this the hard way is, is something for them to be, to be proud of, especially over the last three games. I think. Absolutely. It is so easy to just fall victim to the straight up bad vibes, you know, and uh, we're really watching this team sort of pull themselves out of a lot of uh, tough situations that they really, you know, put themselves in early on in the season and this middle in this middle third of the season so far has been very, very entertaining. You know, this, this moment of time where quite frankly, we heard in preseason in the beginning of the season during challenge cup, that this was a team that believes in their depth, that they wanted to show that they were the deepest team in the league. And they're on a three game win streak right now. And we got to see a lot of different looks, excuse me, from this team. And I loved that we even got to see the Red Stars just sort of close this game out by being who they are, like just kind of getting into a very organized shape in that final 15 minutes, kind of inviting a whole ring, quite frankly, to, to try to build and create something. Kayla Sharples with a great late game kind of blocking, sliding tackle there. Uh, Marl's in attempting a bicycle kick and I wouldn't have been mad if that had gone in. <laughs> I wouldn't either. That would have been yeah. a sick ass goal. Absolutely. Yeah. And still needs that for sure. Um, but it would have been a sick ass goal, except Jesse Miller said, uh-uh, not yep. today. Uh, so it was, uh, it was delightful to sort of see them be that defensive minded team that we, we know there are. And, and they locked it down. They, they walked away uh, with the three points, which is, you know, in hindsight could be, a big three points for them because they're going to hit the road now close out the homestead. They're going to go to New Jersey and face off against Gotham FC, where the last time these two teams met in the regular season, they played to a one, one draw and Gotham is coming off a little bit of a wild match of their own against Washington spirit, uh, where they ended up walking away with the win three, two, uh, where spirit had a player disadvantage uh, on a red card. And uh, yeah, Gotham is another one of those teams that is kind of looks like they're taking advantage of this uh, Olympic stretch of games, uh, playing around with their lineup a little bit, seeing a player like McCall Zerboni get back into the mix. She is somebody who has been navigating and dealing with a little bit of uh, injury and trying to work her way back. And she's got two consecutive starts now, got herself a goal in that three two win. So uh, Gotham looks like a team that, that is also sort of figuring things out right around now. Agreed. Yeah, they're they're moving with a clarity of purpose as well. Uh, I think that, you know, Ifioma Animanu has been on fire at the nine. Midge Purse is given free reign really between the left and right wings. They're doing a lot of swapping between her and Nahomi Kawasumi, um, which means that she could be running. It's, it's hard to set up defensively against them because you don't know which player. You can't assign a player to track their offense essentially because they their fluidity between the left and the right hand side makes it very difficult to do that they've got a very nice amount of midfield depth right now with Zerboni coming back from injury they've got long they've got Tine they've got uh uh obviously Jennifer Cujo they've got you know so they've got some depth there as well and then their back line um 
Outstanding. It is, you know, it kind of is what it is, right? It's like one of those things where you want to say that there should be space behind the back line, but their back line has something to say about that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think that again, I think Chicago has to go in with the mindset of not letting Gotham have a very good game. And then you just kind of go from there, you know, love to see it. Can't wait to see it. Uh, I really loved, uh, again, just touching back on, on how you brought up the post game with, with dames and kind of their, their perception of the midfield right now for Chicago and how they kind of have to use the players the way that they can to kind of their best strengths. So I'm real excited to sort of see the midfield battle that can kind of potentially take place in a game like this one. So I'm going to say, I would like, uh, Ellie long and really by extension, McCall Zerboni to stop having good games right now for Gotham. Uh, and I'm going to say I would I would love to see Sarah Olmo have a have a big, big game against her former club. But I mean, I also want to see Cola Prico, you know, kind of take it to, to her jersey side as well. I don't know. We'll see how it, how it looks and what they're going to have lined up. Yeah. You know, the, that's kind of the, an interesting thing, right? Because they said that Wolmo is better with the dual sixes, which might be how you want to set up, especially for, you know, a way strat, you know, but Danny Cola Prico the energy that she has been bringing over the last couple of games, when she comes in, she is ready to rumble. And we saw that maybe in a bad way in the Louisville game, but um, that might be the energy that you need because Gotham's midfield is very, very physical. So I think that that's going to be, I think that, you know, it's great that you have Kayla Sharples. I think that she's a player that'll thrive um, defending against that. I think that, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they do because you can't, you don't want to take DiBernardo Bernardo off because she's your attacking facilitator, but I don't know. I, I'm, I'm fascinated to see what happens, but it's a good option. The fact that both of your sixes or two of your sixes are 45 minutes rested. And I don't know, you maybe swap again. Maybe you shake things up and just try to disrupt that midfield that way. So I don't know. Maybe we'll see. Uh, maybe you give think- Gatra, maybe you give Gatra half off. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. I think it sounds like we're going to have our eye in the midfield for sure. Yeah. Um, on both, on both sides of the ball. Absolutely. If people are looking for uh, an area of the pitch to take a look at, that's what we're going to wreck. Folks, let's see if the Red Stars can extend this one streak to four. Hopefully when we're back next week, it's going to be discussing the continuation of a one streak or even an undefeated streak. That'll be chill too. We'll take a look. The table is narrow and it's a lot of fun. So we'll see what these two teams bring to us. As always, if you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, I just want to let you know that you can support us and our work. And the best way to do that is directly via our patron at Southside Chat Patreon. Go ahead and take a look at all of the different tiers. Find a subscription that works for you. We have ones that start at $2 all the way up to $25. We understand that things can be tough financially all over for everyone. So if Supporting us financially is not something that you're able to do at the moment. Please know that there's a ton of other ways for you to continue your support of our work. And you can do that by following us on social media channels like Twitter and Instagram at Southside Trap Pod. You can find us on streaming services like Anchor, Spotify, iTunes. Go ahead and find us, subscribe, leave us a rating, leave us a like, a review. That stuff always helps us out whenever we're putting these podcasts together for you all. So once again, everybody, please continue to stay safe. 
Make a choice. Wear your mask when asked. Get vaxxed when you are able and continue your support of Black players and Black life. And we will be back with you all next week with another episode.